day two of our look through 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 7 and 9 today. Yesterday, we talked about the fact that if you're going to survive as a servant in this world, you have to have a vision, a vision from God to sustain you. Your emotions, your energy, they're not enough. You've got to have God's vision for your life. And you wait on God's vision, you pray for God's vision, you give God time to speak his vision into your life. That's first. Then there's a second thing you need. You need a thorn to humble you. You need what Paul talked about in verses 7 to 9. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul talks in these verses about going from paradise to pain, from this vision of being with God in paradise to the pain of some suffering in his life, some what he calls a thorn in the flesh. Now, what was this thorn in the flesh? We don't know. We don't know. There are a lot of guesses. They range from some kind of blindness that he may have had to malaria to actually his wife. I read one person say it was his wife, which is a crazy idea, but that's how crazy people get when they're just guessing. All of them are just guesses. And the truth is there was some physical ailment or there's some emotional scar. There was something in Paul's life that was a thorn in the flesh. And maybe it's good that we don't know exactly what this was because we can all relate to it because all of us have some kind of a thorn in the flesh. It may be a physical limitation. It may be an educational limitation. It may be a limitation in the kind of family you grew up in. It may be an emotional limitation, a psychological limitation limitation, a mental limitation. When Paul talks about this thorn in the flesh, he says immediately, it was a messenger of Satan given to me. That's a strange phrase to us. Before we talk about what this means in our lives, we have to talk about what that phrase means. A messenger of Satan given to me. Why would God allow this to happen? Why does God put thorns on roses? Why does he allow pain in our lives? This is the number one question I've noted that believers have. Paul talks here about a messenger of Satan given to me, given by God. It's a reminder of something. It's a reminder, first of all, of the mystery of good and evil in this world. I don't totally understand why God has allowed evil. I don't totally understand how he allows Satan to work, when he allows, when he doesn't allow. I have to admit that. It's one of the things I most don't understand in this world. But it's also a reminder to me that even though I don't understand the nature of evil in this world, it is still controlled by God. The fact that I don't understand it doesn't mean that God does not control it. There will be one day when he does away with all evil, one day when Satan is cast into hell forever with all of his demons, and it will be done away with. There will be no evil in heaven. Even on this earth, though, God in some way is controlling evil. God in some way is allowing in my life only what he chooses to allow in my life. Now, I have to say that with great humility because I don't understand all that that means. But I do know that when Paul looked at it, he realized God's going to use this. It's Satan trying to torment me. But God, because of his power, is greater. And because his power is greater, he can use even this. How can God do that? How can God use a thorn in the flesh, this physical or emotional or mental or psychological or family thorn 
problem, struggle that you have, this life difficulty that you've struggled with it for years and years. It may be a part of your life the rest of your life. You're never going to have a part of your life where this problem is not a part of your life. How does God use it? Paul is our example. And he reminds us that in these verses that thorns do two things. Thorns purify hearts and thorns magnify grace. Thorns purify hearts. There is something about the difficulties of life that purifies my heart. That is why God allows some thorns in our garden. I like what Warren Wiersbe says about this passage. He says, the Lord knows how to balance our lives. He knows the difficulties to allow, and he knows the successes to allow. And the truth is, we all have thorns. You may think that those who are being used greatly of God are somehow blessed to be without thorns, but Paul's example shows that is exactly not true. I look at the example of the friends and ministry that I have over the years, a seminary president's manic depressive son, a popular preacher who loses his daughter in a car accident, another who has to live with the death of a friend through a hunting accident, a missionary who faces the truth that his wife has Parkinson's disease again and again and again and again. There is this balance of spiritual power with human frailty. And the truth is, without balance, the hard truth to accept is without balance, we would become so impressed with ourselves that we'd forget to depend on God. Now, I'd like to think that that's not true, but Paul realized that it is true. And so he says specifically here, to keep me from being conceited. God has allowed this to continue in my life. God used him in such amazing ways. He allowed him such amazing visions. Paul says, to keep me from being conceited, he's allowed this thorn in the flesh to continue. Now, we all think, I won't get conceited, which really shows how conceited we can get because any of us can allow conceit and pride to overwhelm our lives. The truth is, (laughs) the truth is, if everything always goes right, my heart is eventually gonna go wrong because I'm gonna begin to think it's me. I'm going to begin to think I'm better. I'm going to begin to think God somehow has shown a light on me that he hasn't shown on anyone else. You think you're not going to think that, but Paul was honest enough spiritually to realize that's exactly what I'm going to think. So thorns purify hearts, and then thorns do a second thing. Thorns magnify grace. There's this phrase. This phrase in these verses when Paul talks about his thorn in the flesh that has carried so many people through so many difficult times. My Grace is sufficient for you. Paul talks here about sufficient grace, the fact that there is never a shortage of grace. Sufficient means a freedom from want, a life satisfaction. There is a life satisfaction that grows out of grace, out of recognizing his undeserved love in your life. Life then becomes a gift to be enjoyed rather than a struggle to be endured. You still have struggles, no doubt about it, but you see the gift the gift of grace. God has given you life. God has given you ministry. God has given you eternity. God has given you his love. Nothing, nothing can take that away from you. Grace encourages you to realize that whatever you face, he loves you. Whatever your struggle, he is at work in you. As I read this phrase this week, I don't know why, my mind went way back to college days, which is way back for me now. And I remembered. Dr. Charles McKay, one of our teachers, a great pastor who'd come to teach us young guys about ministry, his wife died one semester. And so he missed several weeks of classes while he dealt with the death of his lifelong companion. I'll never forget the look in his eyes when he came back to teach the first class. And you could tell 
He was a weary man. He was missing his wife. There was an emptiness in his eyes, but there was also a light there. And he looked at us with that light, and he said, man, I want to tell you, God's grace is sufficient. I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what you're going through, but I can tell you God's grace is sufficient. It is stronger. It is more powerful than whatever you're facing. And thorns magnify the sufficiency of God's grace. Thorns clarify the kind of purity that God wants in my life. Father, I don't want to go through problems. None of us do. I want no thorns in my garden. No one likes thorns. But Lord, you allow them. While we're on this earth, you allow them. And I could get caught up in trying to understand why this thorn or why not that thorn, but instead of getting caught up in that, Lord, help me to instead get caught up in you, your love, your grace, and the fact that even through some terrible thing that Satan throws at my life to try to torment me, you can instead purify my heart. You can instead magnify your grace. Lord, I don't want to end up bitter. I don't want to end up feeling separate from you or apart from you. So instead of blaming you for the thorn, instead of blaming you because I don't understand, I want from this moment on to trust you even with this. I trust you with this thorn. In Jesus' name, amen. 